0: Everyone, welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive by. I'm your host, Dr. Pat Basile. For more information about us, go to www.DrPatLive.com or theDrPatShow.com. Well, you know what? Rookie of the Year, Obama versus the greatest story never told McCain. And, you know, it's kind of interesting. Last night we were watching sort of the television and there was a roast on there. Uh, and it was interesting to see both Barack Obama and, you know, Senator McCain, both of them, you know, in a, in a different way, in a different place. And so, in, in, you know, we look, inside looks at both candidates from writers, and we're having both of them on, who have shared Obama's campaign plan and investigated McCain's five-and-a-half years as a POW. And so, Deputy uh, Editor Ned Martell offers an inside account of, the, of his traveling time with Barack Obama's campaign plane in Rookie of the Year, and Senior Editor Corey Seymour investigates John McCain's five-and-a-half years as POW in The Greatest Story Never Told. And so, we have two prominent writers from Men's Vogue who are going Going to give us a closer look at the presidential candidates, and probably in a way that we've never heard before. You know, this is a conversation for me to get an understanding beyond these two candidates. We're really looking at sort of the underpinnings of how a political system is developed. And it's not just politics in the, you know, from, an, from a government perspective. Um, you know, I did a, an entire two-year project on organizational politics. So I want to thank you both, uh, Ned, Corey. Thank you both for joining us here today. I, I have to start out with a question for each of you. How the heck did you get on this path to do this, to tell this story? Ned, <laughs> well, you want to go first?
1: Yeah, thanks for having us, Dutch Pat. Yeah, this is my fifth campaign that I've uh, been covering, I guess, over 20 years. Uh huh. This is, uh, so in 2000, I was on on either Gore or Bush's or McCain's plane throughout the whole year. So this time I, did, I took it easy on myself and only went one week a month for seven months. And uh, it, was a, it was an incredible experience. Basically, to get on that plane, you need a media credential and, and a budget. And uh, I went at a time when a lot of media folks had blown their budgets on the primaries. I went right as it narrowed down to Hillary and uh, Senator Obama. Okay. And uh, I just kept visiting and, and just saw the candidate over all those months and saw how he responded to many different changes.
0: So you got sort of a, a sneak peek at probably how they respond, but I would imagine also watching the people around them respond as well, and that's a, that's probably a conversation we're going to have. Uh, you know, Corey, how about you? I mean, uh, and and then to and actually getting both of you together here.
2: Uh, well, the way the story started, I mean, the, the way the the political coverage started was it's something I've always followed and always uh-huh. uh, been interested in, and have worked on for other magazines. Uh, and here at men's Vogue, we were sitting around and trying to brainstorm how we were going to cover John McCain, what the story was in a lot of ways. Um, the story that was being presented to the, to the public and to voters through ads and through speeches and such was, it was fairly predictable and fairly standard. Uh, and McCain, you know, there've been books written about him. He's written or had a ghostwriter work on a a handful of books about his life. So, um, there was the sense that people knew everything about John McCain. And then we started looking into, or I started looking into more, his time as the POW, uh, kind of the way that the campaign was telling people about it, and then what the actual facts were. And it became apparent to me fairly quickly that uh, there really hadn't been anyone in the press that's looked into this in any degree of detail in recent times, you know, other than you know books that were done basically from McCain's point of view, a while back it was it seemed to be this gigantic hole in the coverage and uh that just seemed incredibly odd to me uh the, and then the mccain campaign wouldn't talk to me about it and they wouldn't make available to me any people with their campaign that did know something about it some of whom were former pow's and then i found a man named bud day down in florida who uh you know let he was he told me the story basically
0: and you know i mean if there's one thing right I mean, the people that are in the media, people like you, both of you and people like me, if there's one thing that will get our attention, okay, it's when we kind of ask a question and we can't find the answer. It's exactly right? it. Right. Yeah. I mean, even if we were moderately interested before that, we are now devoting our entire life to find the answer. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: it's, it's fascinating. And even when I, when I tracked down Bud Day and called him, I was really assuming that he would maybe just hang up on me or maybe very politely say, no, I won't talk to you. And he invited me down uh, to his office on, on the floor, Florida Panhandle. And uh, we spent you know, probably six or eight hours over uh, on a couple of different occasions sitting down and, and talking about his a man he calls his best friend and, and the brother, uh, John McCain. And during you know, the most crucial time that supposedly defined the rest of his life.
0: Well, and, and and you know, it's so pertinent right now. I mean, you know, I think we could all kind of look back and think, wow, this was going to be like a, you know, really cool election. It was going to have, you know, a lot of interesting things. And then all of a sudden, things start to shape up, and 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 I want to ask you both a question about this. They start to shape up in in a a really strange way, and strange way for some, but pretty okay. And you know, I expected it all all along for others. And I want to start out with a comparison of thinking about you know when we say rookie of the year, and we've been, and that's what this this segment is called, rookie of the year, Obama versus the greatest story never told, McCain. We have this idea, rookie of the year. And we have everybody shocked that, A, Hillary Clinton wasn't, uh, you know, nominated for vice president. And then on McCain's side, out of nowhere comes Sarah Palin. And I want to ask you both, in what you've discovered about Obama, the Rookie of the Year, and the greatest story never told, how does what you know about them shape or not shape the decisions that both of these individuals have made in the past four weeks? And, uh, you know, Ned, why don't you go?
1: Well, the whole theme of the piece, which Corey edited, he, yes, he's, he's helped me shape it. It, it, uh, it has to do with how Obama is the same guy every day on the campaign trail in every venue, large and small. You know, He has a different message of, on different days, but he's a very consistent character. He's very carefully uh, managed. You know, set, and it, He has his own discipline. He follows his own counsel, and they call him uh, No Drama Obama.
0: Oh, that campaign. I haven't heard that soundbite. I'm I'm actually at a PR event, which I'm speaking at in a little bit on soundbite.
1: <laughs> Isn't that funny? So they they were calling him that because that's his management style. He he doesn't seed conflict. He he really puts it out among his staff, and he doesn't uh you know he doesn't reward people who are credit hogs or blamers. He likes to move on beyond conflict. So when you look at that decision of uh, Joe Biden versus uh. Hillary Clinton for VP, you know, which would be more dramatic and which would be more destabilizing as a leader, you right. know, uh, which would which would uh, really sort of get a message across that there it's a time for stability. And that's what the choice would reflect. I think that's basically, you know, what you see in, uh, yeah. in, in why he chose a
0: yeah, and, 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 you know, both of you working together on this. I mean, I think it's amazing. And, and, you know, so then are we saying that, you know, from from your point of view, kind of, you know, Obama's election was true to form. How about from McCain's point of view, was that true to form as well? Does that also match, uh, you know, some of the information, some of the story, or not so much of the story that is being told?
2: There's, a, I think, a lot of what happened in the last month or so, uh, I did have a certain insight on because of, things I learned when I was reporting and writing this piece. One of the guys I, I talked to, aside from Bud Day, who's the, the centerpiece of the story, is another POW uh, who served, was shot down a couple of years before John McCain, but they were in the same prisons at the same time. His name is Phil Butler. Uh, Phil also went to the Naval Academy with John McCain, so he knew him from fairly young age. And from Phil's perspective and from some other research of mine, I learned what kind of a sort of hothead and party boy and sort of impulsive rule breaker. I guess, you know, you could say that he's a maverick uh, from an early age, uh, depending on how you define the word maverick. Uh, John McCain seemingly has liked to stir things up uh, for most of his life. And looking at this campaign over the last month, it seems, uh, I'm not trying to steal one of Obama's lines, but it it does seem a little erratic and a little impulsive. And, uh, you know, all these things were, Things that I discovered, also when he was a prisoner, uh, different people have told me um, when his captors would come to get him to lead him off to questioning, he would generally go quietly on his way unless he knew that other prisoners were paying attention to him, in which case he would yell and scream and uh, r- recall his prisoners by these names that I can't even say on the radio. Uh, right. He liked being the sort of dramatic center of attention and the dynamic uh, man that was stirring things up. And I guess that's what he's—that's uh, mm-hmm. what he's dealing with right now.
0: Well, there you go. I, do you guys, do you both do, do, do you uh, do you both consider this a nonpartisan story? The, the whole idea like, of rookie of the year, Obama, the greatest story I never told, McCain.
2: I certainly do. And uh, as I was editing Ned's piece, we certainly tried to keep it that way. Uh, you know, I'm sure you, both Ned and myself have have political opinions as. Does most everybody. Uh, But if either of these pieces were to run and be truly effective, I think we would need, uh, since we're covering obviously the left and the right, uh, we're not ready to declare ourselves as a political magazine with an agenda. We're just trying to tell stories. And as you tell that story, there may or may not be a point of view that comes across that could lead one person one way and one person another way. But uh, we are not out to, to be a propaganda magazine by any means. Our editor-in-chief in his editor's
1: letter said, made made a point that this is not an endorsement. And this is the second time Barack Obama has been on our cover. But it's also the second time we've had a big feature on John McCain. And, uh, you know, I think that there, it, it just makes sense in our mix. Oh, you know, we, yeah. We cover and we're everything. we're going to talk
0: about some of these stories. We've got two of the best from Men's Vogue who are joining us here today, taking a closer look at the presidential candidates. Some of us, for the first time, saw the presidential candidates last night in a pretty humorous way and not on Saturday Night Live. When we come back, we have Ned Martell and Corey Seymour are going to share a little sort of little bit of what they learned, what some of these stories are, and how you can find out more about this story of Men's folk. We'll be right back. After A&B when you with me, it don't make sense. You want to help people in a profound way, and you know that the angels can help. You understand that as one person heals, they create a ripple effect and the whole world heals. Perhaps you're feeling the angels' call to start your ripple now. Become a certified angelic life coach and learn how to guide others in their healing with help from the angels. Angelsteach.com offers a comprehensive six-month teleclass training program that can launch you into a career with the angels right from your home. For more information or to register, visit angelsteach.com. Do you know of a single-again woman who deserves a fresh start? Tell us why you think your friend deserves to win a three-night Royal Caribbean cruise to the Bahamas. Join us for a wellness getaway cruise for single-again women from February 6th through February 9th. Enjoy uplifting workshops in the morning and beautiful white sandy beaches in the afternoon. Call today. Go to JustGirlTrips.com slash Fresh Start or call 877-239-2950. Are you one of the millions of overweight people who haven't succeeded on low-fat or low-calorie diets? They're too hard, aren't they? To be successful, you have to change your mind about dieting. Get the sugar out, put fat back in, eat yourself thin. I'm Karen Bentley. My Sugar-Free Miracle Diet makes weight loss easy, inevitable, sustainable. Go to sugarfreemiracle.com. That's sugarfreemiracle.com. This is the solution you've been looking for.
1: mca.com you may not have heard so listen carefully most of mankind's diseases have now been conquered including asthma pneumonia flu diabetes aids hepatitis c the common cold and dozens of others The details of this amazing secret have been freely disclosed in Jim Humble's book so that it will never be lost. Written in simple language, the Miracle Mineral Supplement of the 21st century is easy to understand. In Africa and the Americas, over 100,000 cases of malaria and other diseases have been successfully treated with Miracle Mineral Supplement. Many successful clinical trials have been run using the same formula. You can download the first half of the Miracle Mineral book for free by going to MiracleMineral.org. That's MiracleMineral.org. Take back your health today. Go to MiracleMineral.org. Tell your friends. The place to be is Alternative Talk, 1150 AM.
0: Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. You know, each of us has a calling. We each have brilliant ideas. The question is, what do we do with them? Well, to my very special guest today, Ned Mortel and Corey Seymour, joining me here today, they got together and they put together an article and they put together, uh, you know, writers get together writing about what? Well, what they wanted to write about in Men's Vogue, they wanted to take a look, to close a look at the presidential candidates, but not in the way, that you and I get to look at them through the, you know, news channels on television or or news on radio. But think about this. Rookie of the Year Obama versus The Greatest Story Never Told McCain. Ned Martel, Corey Seymour, you know, creating this buzz around this conversation. And not because they, you know, they thought, well, this would be a great idea, but both of them have spent a significant amount of time, you know, for sure – you know, Ned spending a significant amount of time of making sure that he knows the stories and has a perspective. And so I want to thank you both for joining us here today. Both of you have a an incredible background in the work that you do. I mean, it, you know, this is a story that I think most people are thinking, wow, you know, how interesting and and what is this all about? And I wanted to ask you to share a little bit about what you've discovered along the way and why... Why are we talking about a Rookie of the Year? Why are we talking about the greatest story never told? And did you get any surprises along the way, Ned? You want to go?
1: Yeah, sure. Well, I, I, you know, I have had Corey as my editor, and Corey used to yep. be uh, Hunter S. Thompson's editor at Rolling Stone. Not not in the '72 campaign.
0: Okay, <laughs> he had
1: me uh, uh, keep an eye out for things that were a little bit unusual and things that that told a little bit about who the guy is. And you know, one thing that Obama admitted to us when we were sitting around the table that he hasn't had caffeine except for maybe in an herbal tea here and there since college there are things like that that are a little bit surprising um he uh you know he he'll chew nicorette every once in a while because he quit smoking before the campaign started um there are times when you can tell he really misses his daughters and i, I guess that's kind of true of a lot of candidates but I remember he, like, went into this reverie. He came into the back of the plane shortly after his daughters had visited. He had spent about three days with them, which was very unusual, and kind of drifted into the story of his own childhood and traveling around the part of the country where we were. We were flying back from Montana to Chicago. And he talked about making his first snowball in Seattle and watching Bison and Yellowstone just on a trip that he took when he was a kid with his mom and his grandmom and his half-sister. So, yeah, you get to see things like that when, when you travel up close with them.
0: And, and, you know, and it's a part of what I love about what, what, what you both have done is, and, and, you know, and having a good editor, by the way, oh, you cannot beat that. Um, but part of what you've done is, you know, we get to hear, first of all, these are people. You know, Corey, I mean, you're you're in there, you're editing. But these are people. Do you ever forget sometimes, you know, whether or not you're, you're actually writing about people or is it just another person?
2: Another written word I think that's something that i mean I don't think speaking for myself, I don't think you ever really lose track of that uh i have, or either that or I've not edited so many thousands of of stories that uh people become symbols to me or something that 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 doesn't happen uh It gets trickier when you're dealing with politics because there's one thing that is that is the man or the woman, and then there's another thing that is the candidate, and that's not always the same thing, and I think. Uh, it, I think it'd be probably similar to you know someone who becomes instantly famous in you know because of Hollywood or because of, uh, of business success or something like that. Uh, people change and you de- they develop armors. Uh, it's the fact that in politics that armor is something that then gets marketed and sold to the public uh, that can make things kind of go sideways a bit. But uh, in terms of you know my editing work, that that's not a concern.
0: You and, and, and you know what's interesting? I mean, this is in the October issue of Men's Vogue, right? Yep. We want to make sure everybody knows that, right up front. It stands now. Um, and, and 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 the fact that you know the question I asked you about being nonpartisan, so to speak, keeping a balance—how difficult was that in both the writing and editing? Did you find that initially you were kind of like all over on one side and not on the other? What was that like? You know, and I and I want to start out, you know, Ned first with you, and then Corey, because. You know, I guess, Ned, you, you would kind of build
1: on the stories, right? That's right. I mean, I think when you're on the campaign plane, there there is a, a tendency to sort of sympathize with their day-to-day struggle. But I think there's an equal tendency to be adversarial with the people who are blocking you um, from access to the candidate or telling you something that you know isn't the full truth. And and we were talking about how once, uh, once the campaign is clearly um, spinning you, you know, you really – have a sort of doggedness that is a reporter's instinct to really get to what the truth is. So, yeah, you can you can see a guy struggle with his cold um, in Texas when you when he's as tired as you are, and he's up there talking to yet another crowd, giving uh, another version of the same speech, and sort of feel for him. And then on the other hand, you can feel uh, a little bit of rage that you're being manipulated by these uh, these expert handlers.
0: And you know, expert handlers—they are. I mean, that—that's their job. I mean, there are there are many, many different things that we see or don't see coming out of the gate. You know, Corey, how about you? I mean, you had the editing, so you know, if you're looking at, oh, this is a great story, and you're reading it. I mean, what are the kinds of things that you, did you have to keep in mind before you know this before this went to press?
2: Well, it becomes interesting both in the the editing of of, of Ned's piece and the writing of my own, and then uh-huh. you know, by submitting myself to an editor on, on my story, because you don't edit yourself. So there's a whole sort of, you know, circuitous sort of chain of command that's going on. And the things that become especially interesting or difficult is that on the one hand, you very much want from any writer, their personal impressions, but I mean, you want an an informed and very smart and very factual version of a story. But uh, if the writer has a personal take, that's kind of the sort of golden stuff that you're looking for is that take mixed in with the right sort of storytelling and argument if there is one? without yet, when you're dealing with politics and because we don't uh, consider ourselves a you know partisan magazine, how do you combine the uh, you know what what's an intensely personal takeaway with a nonpartisan uh, delivery? it becomes very tricky or it can become very tricky. It's also uh, like Ned was talking about as as there's a certain duty and uh, perspective that you have, as, as people like, you know, Ned and myself have been doing this for, for some time. Uh, the, the story has a life of its own, and you've got to follow where that story leads you to. And if that leads you to, you know, a, a story that with some harsh information about someone that you thought you liked, or vice versa, you have a duty to report that. You have a duty first to make sure that it's exactly accurate, and that it's correct, and, and fair and that sort of thing. And then you need to publish that. Uh, there's a limit to when we say objective, uh, that doesn't mean, uh, I think where the press has gotten now when they're more so the daily press is the kind of equivalency that they've gotten to, which I don't think is really fair to the candidates by saying, well, they both run very negative campaigns and then, you know, comparing one person. One person's negativity to another person's when when one per, one candidate's negativity might overwhelmingly trump the other ones. Something like that is, is I don't think is is being nonpartisan. I think that's being untrue. I think that's the abdicating responsibility.
0: And isn't that really the challenge and the journey in all of this? I, I mean, and, and I want to ask you both about that. Isn't the challenge and journey, especially in sort of you know what you both have written, isn't the challenge in making sure? that the truth does prevail and you know it can prevail with all the sound bites of course no Obama no drama Obama but don't you keep truth in mind
1: yeah I think that's part of what engages the reader like Corey's describing there's a discovery that we go through you know as reporters and writers and uh, you know the closer that you can bring the candidate to the reader the better service you've done there are other ways to bring attention to your story by doing things that are sensational or you can see um, these uh, these headlines every day, announcing another uh, spat that has a little bit of uh, heat to it. But you know, actually, we tried to clear out some of the the noise of the campaign to okay. see what it's like day to day, and and that we hoped would get people a little bit closer to something that they might be occasionally repelled by by the volume, the decibels that come at them. And you know, these are these are human adventures, these, can- yeah. these campaigns, and um, yeah, there's a lot well, of... I,
0: I want to thank you both for joining us here today, and for those of you tuning in, you can definitely go to mensbogue.com which is the website, and find this Rookie of the Year. Uh, It's been a pleasure, uh, gentlemen, uh, to have you on the show. Uh, Ned, Corey, I want to thank you so much uh, for joining us and to bring something, a different perspective, a nonpartisan perspective to the table at this very important point in time in this election campaign. Thank you both for joining us here today. Thank you. Well, folks, as I said before, another great show, another great time, another great day. Remember, keep your head up tall and create the presidential campaign of your own life. Step out there and know that you are the best that you could possibly be and live life full out. We'll see you right back here.